Welcome to Local Matters this afternoon. We're so happy that you're with us on this fine Monday afternoon. And I have yet another very interesting and fascinating person. And I've known uh, Miss Joy McCaleb for many years now. As a matter of fact, Joy, I had you as a student some 125 years ago. Yes, you did, and you are my mentor. When I became a speech teacher, I did everything just like you did it. Bless your heart. I <laughs> did. I had Joy, and Joy, uh, well, let's see, she's uh, came from Kentucky, is that right? I'm a, I'm a Kentucky girl. Okay, and on your way to doing what as a young woman? I actually wanted to be an airline stewardess, was headed to Dallas and stopped in Cookville because my father and mother were living here working on uh, a project and I ended up staying. And ended up uh, getting married and having babies as most women do. And went to Tennessee Tech, tried my little, you know, tried college all over again. That's of course where I ran into you. Yes, yes. But I knew who you were because... By the time that, you know, you'd been here long enough, and I know you were one more beautiful woman, and you were into beauty pageants. And I was. It's they, Those are things that helped formulate who I am, I think, today. You know, it. Uh, sure. I used to be a really shy little girl, believe it or not. But the pageants yeah, that's hard brought to believe. Out, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, my involvement in pageants, I, I just, I wasn't much of a crown seeker. I was more of a... Uh, Go to have a good time and, and learn and meet people. And, and you did. I did. I sure did. I had a great time doing it, too. Won well, some money. Yeah. Well, you some scholars, scholarships, a few. Well, yeah, you more than a few, best <laughs> I recall. Enough. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> anyway, you know, a lot of people want to uh, kind of poke fun of beauty pageants, and they'll call them like cattle calls and da-da-da-da-da. I used to love to watch the Miss America show back when Burt, was it Burt Parks? It was the MC and he would sing Miss America. Oh, yeah, (laughs) I can't sing anymore. But, you know, that was just fascinating to me. And when they did their talent, you know, that was, you know, I was mesmerized by that whole whole thing. Uh, But it had in the last years or so, it's kind of gotten some bad press if you will but uh you did well i think it's just like with a lot of things it's good and bad to everything i think i sought out the good things but it was because i was never disappointed whether i won or not i was just never disappointed because you weren't a crown seeker i wasn't a crown seeker exactly but you did learn a lot of things i did and it brought out my i don't know my ability to talk with people uh you know my confidence level soared and uh I was even Miss Congeniality one year. That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) Well, after the movie came out, it was kind of more of a funny funny little thing about me, I think, you know, but, uh, you know, it was a real compliment, I think, and I appreciated it. I don't, you know, that would be something I would almost rather have than the big, the big. Exactly. Crown. Yeah. Almost. Although. I could never have been in a beauty pageant anyway, but that's another story. Okay, so we've got you coming from Kentucky, headed to Dallas to be a a uh, flight attendant, as we call them now. Stewardesses is what they used to call them. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, and there were no men. It was no, all women at no, that time. Exactly. And, and you had, had to be certain height and a certain weight, and you were 
you were evaluated and chosen by your photograph, which would never happen today. <laughs> never, ever. That's kind of prejudicial, I guess, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, I remember my first teaching job uh, in the uh, superintendent of schools here was Walter Warren Shanks at that time. And you know what one of the questions was he asked me? How many kids you had? <laughs> How many I was, got, was I planning on having children? Oh. And it took me aback. <laughs> And uh, back then, that was permissible. Mm-hmm. But that took me aback because I was getting married that coming August, and I didn't know how many children I was going to have. I was just trying to get myself a job and get down the aisle, you know. But anyway, another time. Mm-hmm. So different now. So, so very different. So you've you've uh, stopped in Coolville to say hi to Mom and Dad. They happen to be living here at the time. So mm-hmm. you... You're here and uh, finished my degree, went to Tennessee Tech. And got a BS in what? In secondary education, English communications is what my first degree is in. And then I went on and got my master's in EDS later from Tennessee Tech as well. I also have to share that I had you as a student when you were back school at Tennessee Tech. Speech 341. And I guess you would, yeah. Fundamentals of public speaking. Exactly. And I guess that you were, that was not an easy time because you were a young mother and trying to to get through with and get a degree so you could have a degree. That was very important and still is, but everybody's not cut out for college, I don't think. But anyway, um, I always felt a little bit sorry for you, Joy, because you always look so tired. And you I were probably was, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, because you had. I guess you had both of your children by then. Yes. No, you had at least one. Yes, I did. I did. Okay. I was str- a struggling single mom at that time. I yep. think trying to get through school. That's a nightmare to me. Now I went back to school. I was a mom, but I wasn't a single mom, mm-hmm. so I had to give it to you. So, I, if I showed you favoritism, which I don't remember doing, but if I did, I can't imagine that you would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it was because I felt for you. Well, I, thought, I loved that class. <laughs> I loved that class. I learned how to do a lot of things in that class from the demonstration speeches, mm-hmm. from cutting a, a, a rat open to shoeing a horse to milking a cow. <laughs> I remember there were some let, interesting folks in yeah. that class. I don't remember what my demonstration was on. but I learned how to embalm a body. <laughs> had a, a girl whose dad was a, a mortician, and she brought all that stuff to school. Fascinated me. And then I had all these agricultural majors that wanted to do surgery and tie off a rat's tummy. And I have a, an unhealthy fear of rats and, and mice. That's another story for another show. But anyway, I was scared to death to al- allow them to do that. But they had permission, had a signed piece of paper from their teacher that they could do this. And I told them as long as they just did it and i would sit in the back of the room and listen <laughs> which is what i did because they strapped that poor little old ma- uh, rat it was a rat down you know all four arms and legs if you will had it tied down and he just took that scalpel and just boom, opened that little sucker <laughs> today that would be on youtube you know that yeah, right <laughs> be on youtube that's right well we'll keep moving with your story not mine but anyway um you did graduate. You got your degree. I did. And then you uh, decided you wanted to uh, use that degree. I did. I began teaching at Upperman High School and t- 
taught English and journalism and speech and theater and what didn't you teach um, did you do pe probably math and science were probably the only things i did but i actually had a history class one time and i loved it um but you know how many years were you there joy 23 i think and then you're now retired i am i went on to 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 teach theater at tennessee tech for 10 years and then Mm -hmm. uh, have since then retired from education but i'm working now with journalism education association which is basic, basically a national group that I'm more of an advocate for the, for uh, journalism teachers in high schools. I help them get programs started, help them problem shoot. I'm a good sounding board when they have issues. And yeah, you're um, one of those people that retires, but you don't sit at home on your hunkers. I'm never going to retire entirely. I don't think. Me I just, either. I think you got to keep going. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it just keeps life interesting. You rest, you rust. Yeah. So you're my mentor. I'm, like I said, I, I'm following you. So I don't know how I feel about following you on a radio show. But that's the you saddest know? thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's precious, and I appreciate you saying that. But there was something you did uh, in the classroom with your students that I have uh, always didn't surprise me. I think you know where I'm headed. Uh, <clears throat> tell tell our listening audience about a project that you and your students did some few years back. Well, I had a student that died one summer, <clears throat> and uh, you know, as a teacher, you deal with a lot of deaths, and it was always very, very hard for me. But this one was different in the sense that he became an organ donor, and so when we came, I had the. In- I had the seventh grade class that year and it had him in seventh grade. And when I came back the next year, they had moved me to teach every single one of the eighth graders. And they were all really mourning this young child. His name was Chuck Foster and they really mourned him, but they were all so interested in the organ donation because we had never heard of it. We, we knew that it was out there, but it was just foreign to us. Mm -hmm. And so we did a little project. I, every year I would make books with my students and so we decided rather than making our own personal books, we were going to make a book about him. But it just wasn't going to be complete unless we were able to try to talk with the people who got his organs. So we kind of opened up the communications for in that whole program with uh, being able to anonymously talk with the people who got his organs because mm-hmm. that was never heard of. You just didn't do that. Then. Not back then. So the donor services liked what we did. It was a little rudimentary type of book. It was, you know, not a whole lot, but... They wanted to reproduce it. And so when these kids became juniors in high school, uh, the donor services made this book into a real book, and they were kind of like local heroes. It was a cool project. Um, and I was honored to be given an autographed copy of that book by Joy. I tell them the name of it. I know what it is. It's but. Our Hero Freebird, an Organ Donor's Story. And I'm going to probably surprise you, Judy, when I tell you this, because I'm not sure you knew this or not, but... The beginning of 2017 was the 20th year of us having produced the first book. And so with about 17 boxes of all the things that I say from that time period, I went and put myself in a house on the beach (laughs) for two months. And I went through every single one of those boxes. And I actually have written... The book of everything that happened after the book. No, I didn't published. know that. Is it published? It has second. not been published. It's in. We're editing it now and adding things to it, but it's completely amazing where that has gone. Amazing. Oh, we'll, we'll continue this. Stay with us, Joy McCaleb.
just a woman of many, many talents. So stay with us and we'll be back here on Local Matters. Hey, welcome back here to Local Matters. We're talking with Joy McCaleb, retired teacher, still going strong, though. It's always going to be one of those individuals who God will take you to heaven, Joy, running. You'll be running. You know, you'll be just like that little energizer bunny. And that's the way I think you should be if you can be. Exactly. But we were talking about uh, the free uh, Freebird book that you wrote and you and your students about the young man who... Uh, unfortunately passed away and donated his organs now you did talk you and your students at the time talked to the recipients right we sent them letters originally and we had to send those anonymously and they had to go from us to the tennessee donor services and then to the transplant center uh before they even got to the recipients so it was a long process and it was months sometimes Mm -hmm. before we would ever get a response but i'm telling you when we got a response, it was something else. And, and there's copies of some of those, the best I recall, in the book, Free Bird. Right. The book is actually the story of Chuck, and it includes letters that uh, he had written, mm-hmm. and as well as letters that we wrote to the recipients, and, there was, and their stories are in envelopes in the book. So it's, yes. it's everybody's story, actually. Well, the fabulous thing to do, uh, there's a commercial now, and every time that commercial runs, I don't know if you've seen it on uh, television, but it's a mother meeting the recipient for her child that that died, and she's listening to his heart, her son's heart in another body. Which never happens. I tear up every time. I know it probably doesn't, but the point, it's getting a point across. But it is happening now. I mean, that's just it. It it didn't, before when we talked about wanting to meet them, they were like, oh, no, 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 that won't happen. But we actually ended up meeting one of the recipients, and I've actually spoken with the mother of another recipient through all my research, so... And that was wow. refreshing. You know? Absolutely. Ooh, that kind of pulls at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Was it emotional for you to meet the re- some of the recipients of Chuck, the, the young man that passed? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it was, and just it was just a different feeling. I, I don't think that I can even explain it. It was, um, you know, I knew that we were we were making waves, that we were changing mm-hmm. the way that communication took place. I knew that. But I was hesitant. I don't know. I was so protective of those kids because I sure, thought they'd been through be. so much. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was hesitant about a lot of things. But looking back on it, um, I'm glad that 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 they got to meet uh, one of the ladies. And They'll I wish carry we that with them until till they pass. Right. No right, doubt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's well. You did. You you did that. Of course, that one I'm very, was very much aware of. You did many other things when you were teaching on the high school level at uh, Upperman. You directed a number of shows. You dealt with the speech team. Or, you know, one of those who just has it all, does everything, and I think that's great. Now you do have a little time. I know you and your husband, Larry, and he's been ill. So here's prayers going out to you, Larry, but you play golf now. I do. I'm terrible. <laughs> but it's fun. Don't you just love it? I love it. I I'm do. I'm telling you. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and you've done some TV, some live television. I have. Yes. I know, especially for the Putnam County Fair, and, and uh, just uh, not many weeks here have passed since they were in, where was it, Nashville? The, right, for the state the pageant. State pageant, mm-hmm. and you would always interview the winners live, you yes. and Becky Magura. And um, Steve, and, Steve and Philip, and yeah. a few others. 
I could name plenty of them that hosted with me, but that was a lot of fun. And you know what was even more fun was watching those kids grow up and be in a young pageant one time. And it would seem like the next year they were in the older category. So it was yeah. it was fun to watch those kids grow up, too. That That's a neat thing to do. I mean, you know, when I was growing up here, I mean, everybody went to it. It was on a Monday night. The pageant right. was always on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. And everybody went. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know you were involved in that. Uh, and I always used to laugh about it in the privacy of my own home. Now I'm putting it on public radio. I'm so smart. Uh, anyway... Uh, you would ask the, the girls questions, especially the, I'll say, junior high, long in that level. And they would, you know, it's like a deer in headlights. They would be looking at that mm-hmm. camera, and they would kind of stumble around. And I thought, yes, you need you need to teach children the fundamentals of public speaking. Exactly. In, in the upper elementary grades, and especially junior high. Every kid ought to have to take it. I'll never forget my favorite one. She was about seven or eight or nine, somewhere in that area, and I congratulated her and told her she had the prettiest dress and she said and my mama paid 250 dollars for this <laughs> don't you know her mother about died <laughs> oh my goodness talking this afternoon with mrs joy um, caleb uh, a woman of many talents you've done a lot of stuff uh, and i'm going to keep doing a lot of stuff absolutely i love to travel I like to take Yes, that. that was another thing. I think you own, a, you and Larry own a home now in the Sunshine State, Is that or is it um, Alabama coast? We probably should. No, I think most people think we do because we go down so often, but uh, no, we Well, have, I thought you had bought a condo. We've talked about doing that. Oh, okay. No, we just we just uh, travel a lot, and, and he goes with me sometimes, and sometimes he doesn't. You've I, traveled with some students. I just recently took a group uh, to Los Angeles. I had taken them to New York City, and before we left the city, they made me promise that I would take them to Los Angeles. And you I had no said, choice then. I know. I told them to give me a year, but it took a year and a half. But, yeah, we've uh, we covered some territory. They know when they travel with me, they get up early, they go all day, <laughs> and then they go to bed late. Oh, why does that <laughs> Because, <not> one, <laughs> you get to see a lot of things, and, two, they never cause me any problems because they're dead. They don't have the energy so to do anything. <laughs> now, are these former students? Yes. Actually, okay, that's the great. one group that I took to New York City were a bunch of theater students that have I've just kind of stuck with me. You know, we mm-hmm. go out to dinner sometimes, and, and they're just a good group of Isn't kids. And it's fun when your students can be old enough that you can talk to them on a more adult level and yes. you're not... You're and not, become friends with them. Yeah, and you become friends. Mm-hmm. I have a few that I've taught over the years that's that way, and those are the most fun. Right, and I think, you know, that it's okay for teachers to, to do that, you sure. know. Uh, I think you have to be really cautious in today's world, but I've just, you know. You I, really I, have to be cautious when you've got them in class. Right, but one of well the things in be. my new book that I wrote that that I think probably is one of the best lines in the book is that, there are so many kids out there who need to be loved, who need, when they come to you in the morning, it's not for an English lesson or whatever. Sometimes it's just to know that somebody out there loves them. And I didn't hesitate to give them a hug. Well, I don't think you should have. I never did either, and I was way before you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, probably people were thinking, well, you know, there's just something like football coaches and drama teachers. <laughs> you, you spend so much time mm-hmm. with students outside of the classroom, and you've got them in class probably at least an hour a day, and then from 3 o'clock till 
Lord only knows what time you finish your rehearsal on a production or something like that. So you're with them a lot. Right. Sometimes more than their parents. I mean, we have talked about that a lot. I've never been compared to the football coach or even paralleled with him, but well, you <laughs> you're know. right. We do spend, and I, you know, the thing about Upperman, I think because it is a small school, I think the entire time I was there, the majority of the teachers were very involved in students mm-hmm. and students in their lives. lives. Even sometimes you get involved with the parents, and mm-hmm. maybe that's a good thing because I think there should not this. I'm from the old school, so this may already be happening at Tennessee Tech and other colleges, universities, whatever. Um, students should be, have, no, let me rephrase this. Teachers should ask people like you who have had such an influence on students and and your experiences in life, have you talked to their classes? And, I, you know, I don't know in the education departments, what that would entail. But these young kids who are majoring in in education, whether it's elementary or they end up teaching on the college level, whatever it is, the influence a teacher has on a child's life is immeasurable. Absolutely. And these young people who are these majors majoring now in education, they need to know that. Talking this afternoon with Joy McCaleb, Someone who's well-known in this community to be a Kentucky girl. Uh, Okay, this is, uh, we're going to talk about this here just a second. I don't think this ever happened to you in in your teaching career, and I know it didn't me, but here a few days or weeks ago, we heard about the the shooting in Kentucky, and I, I, being from Kentucky, um, Wow. Yeah, right down the road from where I went to college. Wow. Um, when I first started college at Western Kentucky University, very, very close. And, you know, I don't I don't really think there's a solution to those things. However, I do think a good vigilant teacher can spot things quicker than anyone. And, I, you know, the, I just, every time that I hear that, the first thing I know, I'm, I'm probably unique in this, but the first thing I want to do is I just want to go to that shooter and, and just hug them and say, where did you miss out yeah. here? You know, why, what, why? what happened to you? Yeah. This kid you know, was only did 15. Did somebody not love you or, you yeah. know, I just don't understand why someone takes such big moves to hurt other people. Well, but. you know, and I'm not going to, uh, I say I, I'm not political. I tell Craig, my producer all the time, I'm not going to be political, <laughs> but guns don't kill people. Right. People. People. So in my opinion, which amounts to about a quarter of a thimble, if that much, probably not that much, it's the people we need to be concerned. It's the young people that we, as a society, as a world, need to look at. What's happening? What What are we as adults not doing? We've missed something, evidently. Right. right. And, I, you know, I think it goes further than that, too. I know we have no business uh, telling people what to do in their own homes. But then when some things like this happen, I think it kind of opens the door that, you wonder what did happen in their home. And not that that could be the full blame, but, you know, again, I go back to how my first reaction is always, wow, I just wish that I could have made a difference. I think we all do that, though, you know, especially when schools are involved. Oh, me. Greg's telling me. Joy, that we're we're out of time. And well, I, I'm out of information. I mean, you've covered it all, okay? <laughs> Not really. You got lots more to do. And when I'm, you know, I, they, I've said this on there, going to live to be 100. So we'll have you back if I'm still able to croak and talk. 
I don't mean croak. Or, I mean, <laughs> you know, stuff in your throat. I've never known her when she couldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've never known me to get laryngitis maybe, but once or twice. You folks have a safe drive if you're driving. If you're trying to figure out what to, to have for supper, gals, just uh, get him to take you out. <laughs>